and welcome to episode 114 of the Material Podcast. I am Andy Anatko. I am Florence Ion. And I'm Russell Ivanovich. Sorry, Flo, I may have tried to impersonate you last week. It didn't, it didn't go well. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> Did you guys get my little note, by the way, about the fact that we all have last names starting with I? And this is the first time in my life I've been surrounded by other people with I last names. Like, not even in school did I have any... I people to stand next to. It was always this, the only singular I. So I'm just so happy now that I have two other eyes. <laughs> if this were high school, we'd all be in the same homeroom. We might be in the same row. Precisely. Yes, exactly. Mm. So what's the opposite of like there's, well. there's no I in our last names? There's many I. There must be a saying about this, surely. There is no I in team, but there are three I's in material. There you go. Ooh, that's a slogan that really for a t-shirt. Good. I like it. Actually, four, four if you include the I that's actually in the word material. Oh, that's so deep. we'll have to maybe we'll maybe we'll put that in a smaller font underneath the actual slogan. <laughs> it's 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 the deck, if you will, of our headline. We probably all originate from the same part of Europe as well, like very similar. Yeah, like within probably. like a hundred kilometers of each other. If you drew like a little circle, but we shouldn't go there. Uh, well, I will say that I am. So hoping for a family discount for 23andMe again this holiday season because I need to do that. And I want to rope in everybody blood-related, well, my parents, to see what it is that our makeup is. <laughs> me me too, but I'm terrified of the at the terms of service. It's, I don't trust oh, that yeah, I want to right. hand, hand over my dna like genome to – oh, and by Who the way, that? we can use this for <laughs> – <if, laughs> I know that there's some – some police force somewhere that's getting really desperate to solve something that happened in like three years before I was born and they don't have enough money to get like real DNA matching. So they go for like the, they, they'll, they'll go like the, the, the mechanical Turks. Like I got $10 for anybody who can find me a DNA match with this genome. And suddenly I've got to answer a lot of questions and hire a lawyer. And no, I'm sorry. I was born three years after the crime will not do because, Hey, look, Leon from Leon from from Kentucky says that he did, he did a grep search and everything on the on the the, the geocode and you are it you are nicked. <laughs> That's fair. It's true, but at the same time, I really need to know like where I get my nose and my ears. And maybe this is just me personally, but I just feel very invested in finding mm. out my true, especially because like Eastern Europeans, we're pretty we're mutts. Some of us. We we were forced to flee a lot of stuff we for were, a lot of exactly. generations. We were forced to flee a lot. We were driven out of our homes a lot. Yeah, there was a lot of fleeing. And and I should say to our listeners, it was really almost never our fault. The other people were being jerks. It's not as though like we kept playing our stereos too loud, and then like the czar said, "Okay, that's it. We're you you have to leave. You have to leave Western Russia." Said no. It's basically oh come back home from from church and oh i thought we had a farm here i guess this is where we kept all of our ashes and cinder and burned down farmhouse i guess we'll move on yeah so wow this this got dark really quickly you two and also let's not get into any western conspiracy theories about how the west has always been trying to take us down forever because that's just like a that's a meeting with my family like i don't i don't need that on the show i mean have you been to a california mission sorry just kidding just kidding we can move on now we, I, I, I've got a perfect diversion. We did actually get a, uh, an email from one of our listeners. I thought it was interesting enough to, to read on the app, especially because uh, Michael opens with, hey, pod squad, which I don't think I've heard before. Pod squad. How do you two feel about like, that? Like Link. the little pods Julie. from like episode one or like? 
It's got a capital P. It's like we're the pod squad. I feel like we've got cool jackets and like we're riding in like a van or something. There's there's probably guns involved because you guys are Americans. A van. Yeah. Can I vote for motorcycles? Is that okay? Oh, that's even better. I can't ride one. We have have to find out like what this person's age is because I'm old enough to, to be aware culturally that there used to be a TV show called The Mod Squad. I'm young enough to have no idea what it was outside of a cop show from the times when it was considered very edgy and hip to say, oh, well, they're people who wear beads as cops now and they're young-ish. So I don't know whether they're, I don't know. It's. I'm looking at their profile photo here. On Sometimes on emails, I think it links off to Google Plus or something. I don't know how it does the, the profile image magic, but I can't really tell. It's just someone with some, some sunglasses. So we'll, we'll just assume they know exactly what the mod squad is. So uh, Michael says that he just wanted to describe a really simple, fantastic IT customer support chat he had the other day. Uh, that he was having issues with his phone, basically. And he said, let me say this, it was awesome. I know that Google doesn't have a physical store like Apple. However, I use the chat support. So I'm sure both of you know this, but in settings, support chat on... Um, a lot of Google phones, you can actually get directly to chatting with someone. And he said it was simply great between two different chats and, uh, sorry, I had two people do a great job. They listened well and treated me nicely, not condescendingly. Best part of all of this was the screen share where they could see my screen and then walk me through uh, where to go and to try and troubleshoot. Sorry, the font on here is tiny. Simply put, it was brilliant. Now I feel as though I recall this being mentioned somewhat, but they sure need to push this as a powerful feature of Android and maybe it's only on the Pixis, uh, Pix, Pixis, that's a new phone from Google, the Pixis, <laughs> Pixel slash Nexus line, I can't recall. Anyways, uh, for not having a physical store, this works pretty well to solve issues. So he just wanted to share that with us. And I thought it was a cool story because I've flipped over to that tab many times and I've seen it there. It's, it's really prominent, at least on the Pixel. And you're like, I wonder what happens when I press this button. So apparently when you press this button, you get support. So that's, that's good to know. Uh, Samsung has its own app that it preloads on its devices (laughs) called Samsung Plus. Uh, But actually, it's not, I mean, it's not that bad. Uh, It's not bad at all. They do the same thing. They do the screen sharing and you can like video in with a person. I've called in a couple of times because I had written about it a while back when they launched it. And um, I met with a lot of Swedish people. We're helping me with my Samsung things. I don't know. That was that was interesting, uh, but I did note it. It's actually I I like that. I like that sort of like push button. I mean that that was what was considered. Uh, I want to say very user friendly on the initial batch of the Amazon Kindle tablets. Yeah. Right. We're, so it was like yep. the little May Day where you can call in and you could talk to an Amazon customer service rep. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. It's there, there's something, but yeah, he's right. There's there's not enough attention paid to the customer service at Google. I know that was on my Nexus phones because I, that's where I first noticed it. That's where I first accidentally used it because I was having oh. a problem, and it was a, it was a situation where I'm like, I know it says live support. But I bet that they don't mean it, <laughs> and I find, because and also you know my social software is still stuck in beta for, since I was at least nine years old, and it's like or I could just Google and never have to talk to an actual person ever. But yeah, it's but every time that I've ever had a I've ever had a problem and used Google support either through the phone or through the website and talked to a live person, they have been a lot more helpful and a lot more chipper than anybody whose job it is to wear a headset and do online customer support has ever been in the history of anything. And when uh, I was having a problem with a, a payment with uh, Google Play where the, I was supposed to get a discount, but I didn't get a discount. And she had to kick it upstairs or something. And on any other thing where it would be like this flat monotone voicing, 
okay, I can't do that from here. I'm just going to pass this on to my supervisor. Please hold. And then you hear like instrumental bare naked lady songs for 11 minutes. <laughs> it was like, instead it's like, so, uh, so, so we went up talking about like what the weather is like and like what the, how our vacations are going. I'm kind of enjoying the conversation, even, even though I have things to do, I should probably like just put this on, on speaker. So yeah, this <laughs> it's, uh, I, I do wish there were like a Google store in every mall in every city where I could take something in and say, hi, I, uh, I, I, I did a tough mutter run and I forgot to not, be wearing my pixel phone uh as a as a necklace around my neck and so now it doesn't work anymore and please give me a free one but this is this is almost as good well this is why people go to carrier stores right or at least here in the u.s or at least yeah i mean you go to the carrier because you're having problems with your phone especially if you're an android user because you don't have a you know pearly white apple store to go to um but and but i mean there's iphone users in the middle of nowhere that have no pearly white apple store to go to as well so carrier store that's where you go and get your tech help and more often than that you end up walking into well in my experience a very frustrating situation with a carrier i never uh, michael did have one last question yeah. which i suppose some of our other listeners might have as well is if they sign up for the relay fm memberships now relay.fm slash material there's membership <laughs> buttons people um do they get access to some of the past episodes that we've done because obviously we re- i believe we told our listeners we just recorded a special episode two weeks ago that went out and i believe there was one like last year maybe even one before that my memory doesn't go back that far but yes if you sign up, you do get the back catalog as well, so that's good. You don't get to miss out on anything. Yep. Remember that. Remember that. Uh, uh, we I think was the first special, or was just a regular episode where we decided to talk about the Google movie, the interview, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the internship, and the internship. Uh, uh, it was it was a it was a forgettable, or maybe it was just something that I actively tried to forget about. Uh, but yes, the. <laughs> the 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 one where the 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 one where the the wedding crashers apply for an internship Vince, at Google, yeah. Which just, ugh, that's just... Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. I think so it, that, so Andy that's, actually yeah. managed to convince me that that movie was so bad that it was good. It was just, it, it, it was a pleasure to rewatch. oddly enough. It, it wasn't a pleasure the first time, let me tell you that. I know that sounds weird. Flo is, Flo is screwing a face up at me. Sorry, I'm, grim- I'm just making a face because I just, <laughs> I watched that movie over someone's shoulder uh, on the airplane, which is actually how I watch movies these days because I... That's just how I that's how I live, I guess. Uh, I can't commit to a full movie anymore lately for some reason. It looked awful. It just looked terrible. Well, well first of all, let, let me commend you because that is a wonderful way to be exposed to movies. I will, I will say that, uh, you know, there are all these movies that you see the trailer and it seems like nothing you're interested in. Like I didn't see I, I didn't it, nothing about the trailer to National Treasure, you know, the Nick. Nick Cage movie in which they have just there's, there's a there's a treasure hunt set aside by America's founding fathers to a secret in gold that you have to decipher the Declaration of Independence and all this other stuff. It didn't see it didn't seem like anything I was interested in until like I saw the last three quarters of it on an airplane. <laughs> and I, I think I think I I think I was start paying attention to it just before the scene in which. They have to Nicholas Cage and his crew have to steal the original Declaration of Independence because there's something maybe there's something written on the back of it that will show them what the secret is. And of course, the, there are many guards that want to stop them from doing that. And during the escape, they wind up like using the Declaration of Independence in its like bulletproof shield as a bulletproof shield holding up to get to make their escape. And that's when I realized that this movie has is crystal clear they know how stupid this movie is and they're leveraging it to their own advantage now i can't say i had the same experience with the interview but 
<laughs> I think I think that the, I think that there's a there's there every time I think about the the algorithms that recommend movies to us through Netflix and whatever there has to be a sort of totally random bat spit insane we just this has nothing to do with anything we think you'd like we just wanted to add this to the mix to see if you will react to it because I just don't I don't want recommendations to keep corralling me into a narrower and narrower field of what I like and what I don't like. I want to be exposed to things that I have no interest in, but that, oh, it turns out that Nicolas Cage <laughs> running away while bullets are glancing off the Declaration of Independence is a genre that I was interested in but didn't know about. And if this sales pitch has worked on you, dear listener, I found it, Andy. I went back into the archives. It was episode 16 of Material, so it wasn't a special episode. Uh, it was just, uh, I think it was around maybe the, the US summer holidays or something. We, we, we released this as a kind of special episode. So if you really want to find out what that's about, uh, go to your favorite podcast application, hopefully Pocket Cast, and scroll back to episode 16. It's all there. It goes for one hour and 30 minutes. So you're in for a treat, dear listener. But Flo, I did notice two interesting things there. One is mm-hmm. the biggest, I swear, the biggest uh, Windows phone mug I've ever seen in my ah. entire life that Flo's been drinking out of during the show. And also apparently version 30 of some kind of phone. Version 30, LOL. Uh, no, no, it is just the V30. Uh, which is the LG, the new LG video phone? Well, so Vespa Samper Video. So shiny. Uh, I've actually been using a pre production unit for about the last week or so. And <clears throat> you have to excuse me, I'm a tiny bit sick. So the phone made you sick? Cool. I'm going to publish that out. Yeah. Well, you know, germs, they exist, right? In the world. No. But, uh, but yeah, I've been using it for the last week. So. I guess just a really quick spec rundown just for those who maybe didn't read all of the all of the write-ups that came out last week uh, around IFA time. It is a 6-inch phone with a with the same screen ratio as the LG G6. It's got a Snapdragon 835 on the inside. It's got 64 gigs of onboard storage, it's got 4 gigs of RAM, and it's got these dual 13 megapixel uh, cameras on the back which I have actually like I've really enjoyed shooting with it, but also I am noticing that the wide angle gimmick is just not for me, <laughs> quite honestly. Um, I still have to use the phone a little bit. It is a pre-production unit, so I don't know that everything is like 100% when I'm shooting with this. But, uh, you know, I notice that uh, sometimes there's like a tiny bit of distortion with a little wide angleness, but in other times the wide angle, you know, it produces all these really like dynamic shots that you just want to share with everybody. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm kind of just playing with the cameras. What I've really been impressed with is the performance of this thing. Uh, I even said to myself, LG, where were you when the G6 came out? Because this thing is like, it's so, it's so polished. It's, it's pretty to look at. It's, it's comfortable to hold. Uh, I've dropped it a couple of times. It still hasn't scratched which, by the way, I've been hearing that essential phones like Scratch have, a, you know, a ability of scratching there on its beautiful little ceramic case. Yeah. But yeah, well, don't, so don't, don't I, worry, none of us are silly enough to buy a to prepaid for one of those. It's true. Ooh, 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 ooh. That's mm. we're gonna segue into that in a second, correct? Um, so I don't have a final verdict for the LG V30 because, like I said, this is not a final unit. But I just want to say that I really have been enjoying using it and snapping photos with it. The battery's really good. The performance is great. Um, it's super comfortable to hold. It's really pretty. It's such a pretty phone. So can I ask one question? Because I, I have been reading some of these reviews and write-ups. Uh, sorry, not reviews. Yes. But just 
uh, yeah, yeah, first impressions really. or whatever they're called. Um, yeah. But a lot of people seem to be saying like this is my phone of the year. Like do you, do you think it's up there sort of in that sort of stakes? Well, I really liked the Note 8. But I haven't been using the Note 8. Like I don't I don't have one yet so I haven't been able to use one outside of a, you know, a, a pre-planned situation. Um, <laughs> but from what I've been using of the V30, I mean this was my – airplane phone last week. It was also, I was calling lifts on it and I was using it to navigate around New York City and I was using it to shoot photos. There's some little nuances about it that I'm still trying to figure out, mostly like shortcuts and how to make use of, how to make like proper use of the LG interface. Because I mean, going from a pixel to this thing is is always such a stark, I mean, going from a pixel to anything is very stark, quite frankly. But yeah, so thus far I'm enjoying it. I don't know if it's phone of the year but it's definitely not not phone of the year i mean it's definitely (laughs) it's definitely really enticing and like i said where was lg when the g6 came out where was this v30 also this thing is daydream compatible oh yay that's right i mean they i believe they announced that at google io there you go and i believe the s8 is the other phone that that is also daydream compatible Yes, and so are so is the Moto Z two, oh, the Moto Z two Force. Yeah, go. I've been like playing around with those. Anyway, Russell, <laughs> I hear something about an essential yeah. phone that I'd like to know about. That this is what happens when I leave. You're 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 having pre order remorse. Well, see, okay. Oh. So I remember two shows ago we told we talked about the essential phone. You know how amazing it looked, how how cool that little cutout thing was. Just just how. Amazing the hardware engineering was. And I, uh, one of our listeners sent me a link to the Australian Amazon thing. I'm like, cool, I'll, I'll pre-order it. Like it, it doesn't ship until September. Let's just do this. Um, and then a week later all the, the reviews came out and everyone's like, eh, you know what, the camera on this thing's not so great and it has a, has a few other holdups. And then Amazon actually cancelled my pre-order and I'm like, is this a sign? But in their email it said, <laughs> you know, you can press this button to reorder. There was just some really generic like, oh, I'm sorry, we had a problem, but if you want to reorder, you can reorder here. So I guess my question for you two is should I reorder because I actually did. I, I was a bit impulsive yet again. I pressed that button but it doesn't actually say it ships until tomorrow. So I kind of need to make this decision. I'm literally on the Your Orders page on Amazon here. It says release date Friday, September 8th which as a time of recording is tomorrow if we're talking Australian time, another day if we're talking American time but there is a cancel button. Do you two think I should be pressing that cancel button? Have they asked you for your driver's license? <laughs> no. <laughs> They're probably fine. See, I I don't know. If I were in your position, I would probably use the, oh, well, we have to make sure that we've got compatibility with a range of devices and this is sufficiently new and the screen is sufficiently different that it's probably worthwhile for us to have it in the library. If I had pre-ordered it for myself, I probably would have canceled it only because the camera is going to need a bunch more updates before it's really up to the standard of a phone that costs this much money uh but i love it it's really it's definitely on my radar for next year uh, as a personal phone because i love the styling of it i love the minimalist as stock android as they can possibly make it uh, sort of idea uh i i like the idea of the external hardware comp- uh, pogo uh, pogo pins that are magnetically connected because it seems as though if you never, ever, ever, ever buy one of these click-on devices ever, it won't disturb your enjoyment of this thing ever. But it happens to be there just in case it comes out to be a really good 20-megapixel Sony sensor uh, camera module and you just got to have it. Or there's a 
you know some sort of a 3D thing that you just got to have. I it's I got to say that it's the essential phone is the first phone I've seen in a long time that seems to come with a really clearly put together point of view behind it that if you that in the in all those conference rooms where they're deciding should we add this feature or this other feature or this design choice or this other design choice there seems to be an idea in their heads of what is an essential phone what is it supposed to be doing and does this thing that we're considering putting into it does that further that goal or does that not further that goal but as is i'm i would be content to skip the first version and wait for next year's hardware it does look really nice in person, though. And yeah, Ooh, you I touched mean, one? Um, Jason Howell showed one off on All About Android last night. And see, I still haven't seen one in person because <laughs> <laughs> I Skyped in yesterday. Uh, so I haven't seen one in person. But what I have seen from people, it looks really slick. So it looks mm. really nice. Uh, so perhaps you'll have to go buy one of those like those shadow boxes from Ikea with a little like lamp. So, you know, you can put in your little model cars, but just put the essential phone in there. <laughs> so it's just the right lighting. I'll tell you what, I, I'm going to leave this tab open and I'm going to leave this as a cliffhanger for next week. So if you want to find wow, out what okay. happens, you're going to have to tune in next week. But I, this, this last thing in our, in our show sort of rundown follow-up section, I don't know what's called chat section, really intrigued me, Andy. I, I have to know about Google Assistant custom shortcuts because I have no idea what they are and, and I want to know. Well, I did before. Before we get into that, it's a, I'm I feel guilty not being somebody who has like a, like a pre-release Android device or something to talk about. So I will simply mention that I'm testing out a a new bike, a new pedal assist electric bike. These are one of these bikes where it's not like a moped where the electric motor is going to send you forward. It's it's literally an assist motor where you still have to pedal, but you through a through a computer and a hand control, you can decide is it going to do. Five percent of the work, thirty percent of the work, or is it at the end of the day? And I just want to get home, and I just wanted to do ninety-five percent of the work. And so I found out that so this is pre-release. It's the uh, uh, specialized Turbo Vado, the twenty seventeen. Uh, it has this really super super duper bike computer that's running Android five, I think. Uh, and what? and well, it, they they built it. They built their own version of Android just to run this. So it's, it's not as though you get this Android phone sort of experience. It's custom everything. Uh, but and I my first indication, I did it by I, I found out by reading reading up on it the, the the technical papers that they sent me or that I was able to find about it. And I got that reminder when again this is pre-release everything. So it's this is not uh, this is not a, a complaint. This is not a bug. When. <laughs> the thing is the bike the, the computer controls all the electronics and if it doesn't so if the computer isn't working you wind up having like a 45 pound bicycle with 10 gears on it that you then have to get up a hill all all on yourself and for I, so i took out the, took off the bike computer to put it in my pocket and went inside and the next day put it back in would not light up would not work didn't do anything and so i had to again ride the bike manually for 5 or 10 miles to my commuter rail station uh and <laughs> then while i'm i'm while i'm at my appointment i i feel the computer like warm in my pocket and it's not it's not overheating but it's generating it's generating its own heat and that's when i realized that it's just like older versions of android i've you sometimes see where it's not working but it's trying to boot so the cpu is still active and still like it's in sort of like a boot lock sort of thing uh <laughs> so it has uh, some features of android that we we all know and not necessarily love uh but yeah it's clearly like a nexus and 5x it, or something in there 
Yeah, exactly. And for, fortunately, it does have this you know this big whopper of a battery that's designed to power this motor and my 230 pounds you know uphills and stuff. So it doesn't matter if it's not very power efficient. You know, Android five this is before all those different battery enhancements. But yeah, I'm looking. So I'm looking forward to getting the new uh, getting the new firmware. Uh, but yeah, I was uh, the the last thing I put into the show notes is I just found out about Google Assistant custom shortcuts like just like uh, yesterday or the day before. Uh, it turns out that, and there's a there's a link to uh, the Google Help Doc uh, in the show notes. Uh, it turns out that if that uh, you go into uh, the assistant, you go into the uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 button at the top that has uh, that has the the the, uh, the shortcuts. I'm sorry, yeah, other features. Uh, and you tap on your stuff, and then there's an option for shortcuts. And what you can do is you can if uh, if at the end of the day. Uh, if if the end, if the end of the day I, I do this long like of uh, home uh, home lights controls command to turn off certain groups of lights uh, before I go to bed, I can simply shorten that to okay okay Guillermo I'm going to bed, and so I'm going to bed. You basically go into into shortcuts. You'd say it just asks you what do you want the command to be. So you just simply type in, I'm going to bed. And then another field next to that says, so what should it do when you when it says, okay, Guillermo, I'm going to bed. And so long as it's a single voice command, unfortunately, you can't give it sequences of commands, which would be wonderful. But instead of instead of being, uh, maybe a better example would be, uh, <laughs> uh, okay, Guillermo, uh, message my wife, tell her that I'm working late again and I won't be home uh, until after dinner. You could just simply uh, change that to a shortcut called "I'm go- I'm going to be late," and so it'll tell that that long voice command will become this one thing, and you can do as many as you want. They also give you in that uh, in that list a whole bunch of prefab ones just to show you how things are going. So, but it's it, it, didn't we talk about this a few weeks ago that there's the, the problem of when you slim down the interface to go so there are no drop down menus or aren't pop up windows. The thing is like it's hard to see features that. Are kind of buried there until you're just doing you're just on some Reddit or you're on some message board and someone mentions oh I just use Google Assistant to do that and I said how long have you been able to do that since about May like oh so I haven't been paying attention to anything since early spring got it I've been doing this the long way around with if this then that by the way just yeah. like just doing certain formulas um, but like to your point you know I used to discover stuff like this. I used to discover all the hidden stuff of my computer operating system by literally just sitting in front of it and clicking around. And I, maybe our lives are too busy now for us to click around our phone interfaces. And so that's why we're not finding these things because this sounds very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always, it, I, I don't think there's any time in any piece of software where it's not worth trying the Konami code just to see if it does something. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. This is really cool. I haven't seen this before. The only... The only complaint I have about this, Andrew, is it seems like um, so when you go there, there's three fields. It says, you know, when I say this or this, like do this. But the do this part is just a free text entry box. So I guess you have to know exactly what commands you can and can't say to your Google Home. There's no like with if this and that you can do like you know connect to this or do this, and there's it just kind of walks you through it. This is just like literally just a box, and it's like type whatever you want into here. I don't, I don't think there's a way to get this to to pre-populate or even suggest things that that can go in here. Just Maybe the like idea is it'll into. understand you regardless. I don't know. I type in weird stuff into if it, and it works. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I always thought it was if. 
Yeah, I've heard it the, <laughs> if it is easier. And I'm sorry, I didn't. I, I was. <laughs> have you ever? I, I was correcting myself before I made a mistake and omitted something. I, I thought that it was the. I'm, I'm trying to think that the here are other things you can do button is always dot dot dot. In this case, it's the or is the blue button in the upper right hand corner of Google Assistant. Yeah. It looks like a little drawer where you pull out a drawer. Oh, but that, oh, that's that's another piece of feedback we had. We have <laughs> oh. we we have somebody there, there's there's a user interface uh, expert at Google who is taking extreme umbrage at Russell and I's talking about what what the entire world calls the a tab bar. Uh, of of edit options that can be located at the top or the bottom, uh, but being uh, even though a recent hire at Google, she definitely knows what that thing is called and definitely wanted to make sure we knew that what that it was not called a tab bar. Uh, yes, we were talking about our friend, uh, yes. uh, late lamented host uh, Yasmin Evgen, who was saying that it's not called a tab, it's not a tab bar. And then I was, I, I it's. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I didn't want to like be get into a thing on Twitter. But it's like it's. I think I thought that it was a little bit like like when someone says, "Oh, but a tomato isn't a vegetable. It's a berry. It's a fruit." And I have. And you just want to. You don't want to be mean. Just want to say that. I know that if you are an expert, you know that taxonomically you are correct. However, the world regards it as a vegetable, and therefore I don't feel as though we made a mistake in that way. Actually, and and to and to this date, even even though she was very very clear and also and also very very technically correct, I can't remember what she said. It was actually uh, it is the that. according to the Google Design Experts, it is the bottom navigation bar. The the thing I find uh, odd about this, and I was poking fun at Yasmin like privately about this, is underneath the bottom navigation bar there is a thing that's always been called the navigation bar, which is yes. the 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 back Actual. button, the home. And I'm like, so the bottom navigation bar sits on top of the navigation bar? And Yasmin's like, just it's a system navigation bar. I don't, don't care. Like, it's not important, <laughs> which I thought was incredibly funny. So, yeah, according to Google Design Experts, the bottom navigation bar is the thing on top of the navigation bar, in case you were confused. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Sorry, Yasmin. <laughs> We've turned user interface design into an Orwellian nightmare of some sort. <laughs> well, it, uh, pretty soon. Uh, mm, mm. Things could things could change, guys. Things could change in the next couple of decades where we're not even interacting with bars and colored buttons. We're just interacting with our voice and our minds and our nerves in our brain. Oh, but what fun is that? Yeah, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. I mean, it's, it doesn't it's, sound it's, fun at all. <laughs> I mean, I look for, I look forward to our conversations, but realize that I have a I, I have a, a week whole week to like sort of steal myself for human interaction. Yeah, and, I don't, and, then I, and then I have another two or three days to sort of, you know, get myself back down again. Well, not right. yet, but I wonder if one day I can just put my assistant on this podcast, my artificial intelligence assistant, and be like, this this person can mimic me perfectly, this machine. So he's now your podcast host, he or she or it. I don't know if we're going to come up with gender definitions for like uh, artificial assistants. I'm sure we will, considering <laughs> yes, the world as people, that we, we probably live will, Thank yes. you. And we probably already have, considering we have... Uh, the A word, the S word, and the all the other words that I, I can't say because I'll trigger people's uh, devices. Yes, yeah, I, could, I could set that up. And outside of the improvements, you would never know the difference. But <laughs> yeah, it's but you know, does, I, I, I shouldn't make fun because design is uh, it's it, it is difficult. I really have a lot of respect with for people who do nothing but you know design apps and design websites because it's just bad so complicated. design is obvious too. Yeah. It's like yeah. so. And it's so disgusting. <laughs> and, yep. and even and even like the most novice tech user will tell you, this thing is hard to use. This sucks. Like they'll 
they'll let you know that something sucks and you don't want that to happen. Exactly. And one of the core principles of design, which I got taught very early on, was um, user surprise is not a good indication that you've done a good design. For example, if a user uh, taps really? something and they're like, ooh, ooh, what, what the heck? Like that's, that's, <laughs> that doesn't indicate that you've done something amazing and innovative. That probably means you've kind of broken a convention that users are so used to that now you've broken their entire mental model of your app and that's, that's actually not a good thing. So if... The Google design team wow. says that's a bottom navigation bar and it's meant to uh, move between different views of your app that like are not at the same level but are kind of like independent views and you should listen to the Google design team because they know what they're talking about. They've researched this stuff. Even if they got a terrible name for, for their control, they, they still know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, there must be the, the people who are really great at design, they also have to – If you can't be good at that job unless you've got a really healthy dose of humility and self-awareness because – You've done so much testing and there's so much theory behind it and you spent so many times going through so many prototypes and you've got to calculate it to within a thousandth of a percentile that this is the perfect, most efficient, most obvious, most easy to understand mechanism for doing this. But then when people tell you, I don't understand how this, I don't understand this, I can't make this work, they are always right and you are always wrong. Maybe not, maybe not necessarily wrong that, uh, that if they say that this is a bad design, but if they say that I find this confusing, I never knew this feature existed, or I can't figure out how to make this work, they are right. You are wrong. You, can, you, don't, you can't come back to them with, yes, but here are the – let me show you some graphs and some plots about how you're, you, are, you are the outlier. There must be something wrong with you that you don't understand that this is how you do a reply all. It's like, I thank you. That's a very nice chart. It's 3D and everything. I'm telling you that I'm manually sending eight different emails because I can't make reply all work. <laughs> that poor person, that sucks. Oh, yeah. poor reply all. Um, I, I should say, if, if you're one of these people and you need to build yourself some kind of website, perhaps a blog, uh, this week's sponsor is for you. So this episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. You can enter the offer code Material at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Um, maybe you want to create an online store, portfolio, a blog. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. Uh, there's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You, all you have to worry about is that Squarespace has it all covered. It's fine. Uh, they have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. Uh, they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name for your, you know, your business or your portfolio, whatever you're setting up, and their award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. So Squarespace, Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial today with no credit card. You just got to go to squarespace.com. And like I said, if you sign up with the offer code material, you get 10% off your first purchase and you'll also be showing your support for this show. So we want to thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Hmm. So there have been a lot of stories over the past week that uh, – Maybe there's a reason why Google no longer has do no evil as part of its credo because they've been getting a lot of bad press over the past week about maybe being a, not evil with a capital E, but maybe, you know, somewhere subscript evil. Uh, there was so the New York Times had a story last week about how uh, they someone's claiming that uh, Alphabet got a Google critic fired from a semi-important uh, Washington, D.C. think tank, uh, the New America Foundation. Uh, Eric Schmidt and uh, his other foundations and Google has have supported this foundation uh, to the tune of about $21 million over the past uh, many years. Uh, and one of their little sub-tanks, sub, sub -tanks, tanklets, 
uh, Open Markets, which is a subgroup that's uh, sort of like looks into tech monopolies. Uh, so the the head of that organization, Barry Lynn, posted a statement on the New America Foundation's website after the EU hit Google with that uh, $2.7 billion antitrust fine. Basically saying that I think this is right, I think this is proper, I think this is good that Google is being held to this standard. Not necessarily negative, but certainly saying that no, this is they should definitely pay this, and they definitely did the things that uh, the EU said they did. Uh, and forty, <laughs> then the post disappeared from the site and then reappeared, and then forty-eight hours after posting, uh, Lynn and his ten-person team at Open Markets were dismissed. And <laughs> and while uh, the the uh, the head of uh, head of New America Foundation said that while she asserted in the email to him uh, that the decision was quote in no way based on the content of your work, Ms. Slaughter accused Mr. Lin of quote imperiling the institution as a whole. Uh, Mr. Lin then in a subsequent interview charged that Ms. Slaughter caved to pressure from Mr. Schmidt and Google and in so doing set the desires of a donor over the think tank's intellectual integrity. Uh, Mr. Lin said again to talk to the New York Times. Quote, Google is very aggressive in throwing its money around Washington and Brussels and then pulling the strings. People are so afraid of Google now. And I'm glad that we didn't get this. This broke like shortly before last week's show. I'm glad we didn't get to talk to it because now New America, after getting all this heat from not only the New York Times story, but everybody talking about the New York Times story, had a sort of an, one of those all hands meetings about let's t- let's let's send a, a letter to all of our sponsors, all of our supporters, all of our staff, explain what happened. Let's have a meeting which we talk to everybody about it. Uh, their their point of view uh, from co chair uh, Jonathan Soros was basically saying that no, there was no interference. That uh, <laughs> New America was the victim of a targeted campaign by Mr. Lin to one raise money for his new foundation and two keep the story about Google's abuses of power in the conversation. Uh, and there's a quote from the letter he sent out uh, saying that the activities that accompanied this article were the result of a targeted communications campaign. The open markets team successfully seeded a sympathetic article in the New York Times. They followed that within 24 hours with multiple affiliated op-eds and sophisticated fundraising efforts. This sounds They're making it sound like something that North Korea would have a hand in, uh, including a purpose-built website and email blasts. I do not believe the intent of this campaign was to harm New America. Instead, the continuing campaign appears to be motivated motivated by those two goals that I mentioned. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> and the fact that the fact that they went this far in defending themselves means that they definitely struck some sort of a chord. But the problem is, does, does anybody think this is not something that Google is capable of doing, though? Oh, I definitely think they are because the problem is corporation. Yeah, the problem is we we often forget we're doing the whole you know Google show. There's the Google versus Apple thing, and sometimes it feels like they're little sports teams. You know, they're the plucky sports team that could they, but these are huge, huge multinational corporations with like billions of dollars flowing through them and thousands of employees. And I guarantee you, if you're at the top of some of these organizations like Eric Schmidt is, um, you will occasionally use use leverage and, and power to to you know, get unfavorable things removed or just kind of encourage people like, you know what, it would be best if you didn't do that. And we have so many cases of this that we just know what happens. Like it, Steve Jobs used to be famous for calling pit reporters on the phone and being like, I, I see this article that you're about to write or just did write, you know, you need to take that down immediately because for the following reasons, like the, the people at the top of these companies, are they're really concerned about their image. They're really concerned about, you know, pushing the agenda of their company. And 
I really wouldn't put it past any of them to to do this sort of thing. They'd be like, you know what, if this article doesn't disappear, then maybe I'm not saying this funding will disappear, but it might not be here next year. I do not have a giant diatribe about this, unfortunately, other than I'm just not I'm just not surprised. It <laughs> Google is a giant tech company. And what have we known tech companies to do? I have lived outside of the Silicon Valley my entire life, and then I made a career out of it. So I have been following all of these companies for as long as I can remember, and it's always the same thing. It's either Microsoft or it's either Google. It's probably going to be Amazon next. I think everybody is just, that's, I mean, it's a capitalistic nation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Says the person with a giant uh, Microsoft mug that she keeps holding up during Uh, our podcast It is also from, it is from the Redmond Washington HQ. Thank you very much. (laughs) Where did that mug Um, come from, Flo? And who's influencing you? uh, My husband, (laughs) actually. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Hey, I have an Android mug too, which I also uh, purchased from Google HQ. Yeah, I mean it's uh, Google for its part is uh, saying the same sort of thing they've been, they said a couple other times that this sort of thing has come up this year, which is that hey, look, we also support lots of institutions that have written lots of negative stuff about us. So, oh, so don't that doesn't mean anything. Uh, it's 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 hard to it's hard to be in the business where they want to even if even if they're good people even if there is no desire to control the message the fact that they are they have donated twenty one million dollars to an organization means that any time that they lift their finger uh, and indicate any sort of yeah when you when you publish pictures of my dog suggesting that is the ugliest dog in the world and that it should be shot. I kind of wish you hadn't because you know it was it was a pound rescue and my my daughter loves it and then that causes a scramble that oh is, is Google ordering us to do something about this I I actually think that there was some sort of a higher level not a we order you to take this down but we are making it very clear that we don't think this is a fair assessment of of the EU situation with Google uh, and so it's hard to know whether they were they would say that simply saying that we wish that we had a chance to talk to you about this if you had a problem that we can give you access to sources that will at least let you write a piece like that with our side of the informed by what we claim to be our side of the story or whether they are just as cleverly saying that we're not saying that this will this will affect how we deal with your organization monetarily but i think you can connect the dots so you know what to do so there's never a phone call there's never an email but the message is kind of sent uh it's i mean i I think that they google definitely has an ongoing pr problem with this and they should at least have some sort of conversation internally about here is how we're going to anytime that we decide that we don't anytime we try to spin what's going on outside of google we have to we have to at least make sure that it doesn't look like we're doing what we might actually be doing because at this level you have enough money that you can pay people to advise you on stuff like this i just want to make sure i understand this partially because i i have sick brain right now so i i need a little help guys um so it's said that the open markets team successfully seeded a sympathetic article in the New York Times. So are they saying that the article that was written in the New York Times was wrong? That's yeah, no, <laughs> or see that's written... Yeah, that's 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 the problem. They're saying they that 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 that's a good choice of words because 
when they seated could simply mean that, hey, I think it was wrong that Google got I think that Google got me fired because they put pressure just to they, they put financial pressure on my employers to spike uh, negative press about Google. I'm going to go to the press with this story. Does that mean that, oh, well, I, I had an agenda all along to create my new create a new foundation and create my own uh, create my own agenda here? It's like it's it's it has to be said that they're. Uh, that uh, New America's very first reaction to this was to actually refer to this as fake news, which is kind. Which is, boy, never. It's a never freaking use buzzword. <laughs> never, it's a buzzword of this that. year. Well, and but the reason Andy, you just said, you know, the whole fake news thing, like that's why this sort of upsets me, because you know we're already having such a hard time showing our legitimacy to a portion of the world slash the United States. And it's just, you know, this kind of stuff happening. It It's hard. You, as a citizen, you want to trust everything that you read, but you wholeheartedly can't. You well, can't yeah, trust yeah. everything. You have to like, and I, that's just like another facet of this whole, you know, corporations have all this money and they can go in and they can pay to do things. And it's just like, that's the domino effect that I, I just fear. It's just, it, it, Anyway, maybe I'm taking this too far, also because I have no, sick brain. But no, that, I mean that's that's entirely on point. I mean, it's, one of the things that's been upsetting me over the past year is the idea that if someone has broken into your house and stolen your TV set, and your next door neighbor saw it happen and knows who did it, and you accuse the person who who did it, their defense is not "I didn't I didn't steal your TV set." He says in front of the identical TV set with the same. Bots Maru sticker on the corner that you yourself put on your own sticker, but to say, oh, you you can't believe Cheryl. Oh, I can't. I'm I'm so sorry that Cheryl wove this this web of lies. Never believe anything that Cheryl tells you, especially if it's negative about me, because they're just they're not a trustworthy source at all. So it's it's <laughs> it's not only is the fake news tag always awful, but anytime someone says, well, here we go, the news, the media again, spinning its own tail. It's don't tell me that you can't trust the media. Here are the five facts that were stated in here. Tell me which of these five facts is not true and how I should believe that this is not true. So when you tell me that the, the media is at fault, media is very faulty. I get, I'm, I am part of the media and I am faulty. But yeah. the thing is, we have Preach. the we, we, we have the, 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 the one, one of the things that we are obligated to slit our own throats is that when we m make mistakes, we are very, very eager to then go back into print and say, hey, we got this thing wrong. Uh, I, I said something. I was talking about uh, AR Kit versus AR Core uh, yesterday, and I confused a limitation of, of AR Kit with AR Core. And someone called me out on it, and I had to like I not not had to, but I was like, oh god! Immediately after seeing this and verifying that yes, I had gotten it wrong, it's like immediately I want to retweet this to everybody who follows me on Twitter because I don't. It's 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 excusable to, especially when you're talking extemporaneously to misremember something. It's not excusable to be okay with the fact that you said something wrong and you didn't correct it. And so the yeah. thing is, people point ah, see Andy and I, he he gets. You remember remember the time that he said that thing about AR kit that yeah. turned out to be totally wrong. So when he says that Cheryl was right and that that other person stole the TV set, consider the source. That's all I'm saying. Need, consider the source. Yeah. We need to hold companies to the same scrutiny, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, um, but the hard thing about this is this is really hard to unpack because it, it, like you were saying, Andy, you, you don't know, like it, is what's one group motivated by, what's the other group motivated by. Did Was the whole going to the press, was that a preconceived thing or was that just under pressure? You're like, oh, well, now I have no other option but to go to the press, you know. This is this is all happening, and where else do I turn? I'll, I'll go to the New York Times and sort of see this story. Like, it's 
from an external perspective, this kind of stuff is really hard to unpack. And I think that's that's one of the reasons I'm glad we still have like, you know, proper journalists around whose job it is to go to the sources, investigate, you know, find the, find these things, talk to people, like talk to more people. And then finally, when they've got all that together, actually publish an article and say, hey, look, these are the things I've investigated. These are the 12 things I found. Like, you know, this is what I think is going on. Like, I, I think that's that's really important. And that's why I'm glad that these stories, you know, are coming up because I know, I know as a fan of a platform, it is always really tempting to just be like, oh, everyone's got it in for Google and this is Apple people, you know, try to... but. Sometimes the companies you love will also do bad things. That's just they're companies. They're they're not you like know, the celebrities. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you ne- love ne- never meet your idols. That's that's uh, my favorite saying because sometimes you know they do things and you're like, oh, I never expected that from you know John or Susan or whoever. But companies do bad things. People do bad things. That's just how it is. Like you can't just because you're a fan of the platform doesn't mean you get behind Google and you're like, no, Google's being treated unfairly. This is so blah blah blah. That's it, it's got to be more nuanced than that. Yeah. And, and and it does sometimes it does get confusing. Um, and part of the cloud of writing about Google that happened in response to the story, uh, Kashmir Hill, who is a tech journalist with Gizmodo, shared the story about when she was writing for Forbes, and she felt that Google pressured Forbes to take down a story that she wrote that was negative to Google. Um, uh, there was a time when uh, wow. when 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 Google was rolling out Google Plus. Uh, they had a meeting with Forbes to explain that to try to, to try to encourage uh, Forbes. I'm, I'm talking about a physical meeting in a conference room, not uh, uh, saying that. Uh, well, we'll try to encourage them to put like Google Plus, you know, plus favorite buttons on their articles. Further explaining that the ones articles that have Google Plus buttons on them will get favorable search results uh, rankings over ones that do not. Uh, and uh, uh, Kashmir was uh, was invited to sit in at this meeting uh and she thought that this was kind of an important story that is google sort of twisting arms of publications to try to promote google plus by implying that if you don't help out google plus you're not going to be you're you're not going to be favored in search results so she after the meeting she then went through google pr to say hey i'm writing the story about this uh, and and uh, can you confirm this? She wrote, she wrote up a story and immediate, almost immediately got, uh, uh, let me, in her words, Google never challenged the accuracy of the reporting. Instead, a Google spokesperson told me that I needed to unpublish the story because the meeting had been confidential and the information discussed there had been subject to a non-disclosure agreement between Google and Forbes. I had signed no such agreement, hadn't been told the meeting was confidential, and had identified myself as a journalist. It escalated quickly from there. I was told by my higher-ups at Forbes that Google Google representatives called them saying that the article was problematic and had to come down. The implication was that it might have consequences for Forbes, a troubling possibility given how much traffic came through Google searches and Google News. Uh, she did t- take the article down, down but says that she now regrets having done that. I mean, this is – it's – you need a lot more information because if it, that's that's a thing where it could be as simple as, hey, we, talk, we told you things under an NDA. We're not talking – this – uh, we didn't tell you as a press release sort of thing, and so it was not appropriate for your reporter to write about stuff that we discussed during this meeting. Nonetheless, uh, as uh, as a former White House uh, communications representative found out that if you don't tell somebody something is off the record and get an agreement, that person can that reporter can certainly use that information. So apparently, what, what it seems like to me, having been in lots of NDA stuff and uh, 
I'm usually very, very, I pretend, excuse me, I, I assume that I'm very, very dumb about the terms of an NDA, which is why when I'm asked to go under an NDA verbally, I always ask specifically, okay, so what you're saying is I can talk about this, this, and this, but not that. Can I talk generally about, can I write generally about this? And without that sort of understanding, a lot of confusing things can happen. And it, I don't know what's happened at this meeting. It, I think that there was some miscommunication. I don't think that... It, my my own personal take on this when I was reading this was that I don't think that Google was saying this is a negative story about Google and therefore we must put pressure on Forbes to take it down. It sounded to me more like, hey, we didn't we were not giving we weren't giving you a press briefing. This was a business meeting. We didn't think that anybody would be writing about this. Whatever mistakes there might have been on either side, it seems like a lot of mistakes were made. But uh, maybe I should say instead, I was I I couldn't assume that Google was being evil here. That more like someone was trying to cover their butts because again they didn't get everybody in that room to agree to the NDA. They, there was one person in there that was welcome to that was invited there but had not agreed to it, and so leading to a lot of confusion. Holy moly! This article, um, I I've been sort of like skimming through it, and it's just I am not surprised. <laughs> Quite frankly, I'm not surprised. I've, I mean, I've been working professionally for 10 years and I've seen stuff like this happen, not with as big of companies um, in my line of work, but I've seen stuff like this happen where you get a phone call and say, you know, hey, you need to take that thing down because it's making us sweat a little bit. Um, I think what's really interesting too is that uh, Kashmir received a reply from Google's vice president of global communications. <laughs> about the whole event, which took place years ago, 2011. This was so far back ago that this happened. So even like back then, I, it's just, this is very salacious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's difficult. The, the, the thing is that I guess it depends on how good the firewall at your publication is. There's supposed to be a firewall between the business side of things and the editorial side yeah. of things. But famously, that firewall is very, very leaky depending on how much pressure an outside force puts on it. Um, my uh, At the Sun-Times, there is they just don't they, – they, they are a newspaper that's been in business long enough. I mean they've had writers roughed up <laughs> – attempt to be roughed up by – forces way more powerful than even Apple and Google. So the best all those companies that have sometimes been less than pleased with something that I that I wrote about them will phone and ask <laughs> to say, well, we 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 think that we would like to explain our our side of things a little bit in a little bit more detail. And this is somebody that this is this would be like a company that I've been saying for the I've been contacting for the past six or seven or eight months saying, hey, I'm working on this story. I need to get your side of things. Could you could you arrange even a phone thing? Even if, if you want to go on background, that would not be ideal. But now I'm very close to press time and you know, I just want to make sure that I'm informed by as many points of view as possible and getting, oh, we'll, we'll get back to you, or no, I'm afraid we can't talk about this, that, and the other. But then, like, the the, the afternoon after that article was published, hi, Andy, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll put you, we'll, we'll get you with the engineer and with the vice president and this, this, that, and the other. So, uh, but, so I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a very, very uh, uh, advantageous place, because, again, I write for a publication that really can't be affected that way, and they don't, it's not as though they're being, they're getting millions and millions of dollars of advertising funds from Google and, uh, Google and Apple and all these other publications, but I do know that 
especially online where things are a little bit a lot thinner. Yes. They can certainly put a lot more pressure on people. And at some point you have to, as a writer, I, I, this, this term is being overused. So I, I kind of fear using it, but this is appropriate saying, do you want to die on this hill? And sometimes you have to ask, am I going to regret Am I going to have to do the thing that is the easier thing to, excuse me, not easier, but the thing that has fewer immediate consequences for me and my publication? Or do I, you know, say, nope, I'm, this stays up. I don't care what happens. I mean, it's, it's a very, very hard choice to make. And when you get down to it, we're not, get, I think part of the thought process can be that I'm not writing about a government agency that is rounding up people of Canadian descent and having them shot. When I'm writing, I'm writing about a phone and I'm writing about problems with the camera in this phone. And am I willing to lose a job and possibly my house and my kids' college education fund over something that I wrote about a phone? It's not an easy. It's it's not an easy choice to make. I, I have to accept. I mean, how bad is the camera? <laughs> Essential phone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to say, it's times like this. I'm really happy that I'm not a journalist. I mean, this is this is the bigger question of how should journalism be funded going forward? Because, like you say, Andy, the majority of journalism is funded through advertising, and often it's the very companies that you're covering that end up, you know, paying for that advertising. And I know there's a separation of the two, but. That's what happens with money. If the money stops, then then, then there's problems. Like it's it's almost like we need to find another way to fund journalism. I wish I had a magical answer for you all. Be like, you know what, you should do X. But I don't think any publication in the world has has solved this like 100%. Like going the the paywall or going like different kinds of advertising or trying to separate those two more. Like they're, they're all solutions, but I haven't seen any of them like you know work flawlessly yet. Yeah, I think this is all also interconnected with Google for the record, because uh, part of the reason Google, so it's, and it's all related to this story, is that a lot of the media, I mean, we rely a lot on Google search results to help (laughs) us, to help us, to help people find our stuff, to put our stuff out there. There's no other way that you can find our stuff unless you, one, come to our website, which we have to give you a really good reason to come visit us every day, uh, which is becoming harder and harder in this day and age. And two, we have to pop up when you go out searching for the answer to some question like we, you know, and so to hear something like this, that many moons ago, you know, when Google plus, which it's hilarious when we think about where Google plus is now. Um, I know it's still very strong in some Android communities and I think that's awesome. But I mean, for me personally, I haven't really invested much in it in the last like five years, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's interesting. And I think it's all correlated because this is a giant company that integrates into a lot of my life. Like my occupation relies on it. My knowledge base relies on the ability to Google everything. Um, turning on the lights in my house <laughs> relies on me <laughs> making, you know, a command. Honestly, like whether I know what the weather is like relies. So it's, and maybe it just brings about a bigger question, which I don't think we're ever going to be able to answer, which is how much do we allow this stuff or these companies into our lives before we lose our humanity? <laughs> oh, I, I, I sold that for a guitar amp 18 years ago. I'm, that's a that's a dead issue. But yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't that long ago that Uber was well. The, the, remember remember when Uber was only guilty of like tracking journalists? Yes. 
<laughs> that uh, yes. there, a, a, a meeting in which the CEO is say, hey, you know, if that person who's been writing bad stuff about this, like, wait, what, why don't we just like keep tabs on her and find a, form a dossier on her? And given that you're using the Google, the, the, the Uber app, so you know, you know, that, hey, she seems like this, this reporter seems like every Tuesday she goes to what seems to be a medical place where there seems to be lots of psychiatrists. Let's see. Let's see if we can get and she never she's never We're written journalists. About, right. <laughs> we need exactly. we need to go have that <laughs> weekly meeting, okay? Do you oh. see what we're under? This pressure see, business we're under. Expense. Yeah. But, it, it, it should be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I generally trust Google, but at the same time, I would never do business email through Gmail because I just don't want to ever have to even think about are they going to be That's ever me. looking through my inbox to find yeah. out that if a, a, God, God forbid someone at Google has to tell me something they're not supposed to tell me, and they would stop saying, "Okay, what's your email?" Uh, Anatko at gmail dot com. Yeah, that's a good point. I just point. remembered. I, didn't think about I got a that. cake in the oven. I can't. Uh... <laughs> Shoot, man! I have to like think all about that stuff now. But I'm just so overwhelmed by how much technology, how fast technology's moved since I've like touched stuff um but yeah i that is a really good point it's hard for people to talk to you if you've got a gmail yeah well we need to we need to i guess we need to wrap but there's a one last thing on the on the docket actually it's been i like this story so i've been cutting and pasting it ever we don't have time for it week after week um let's especially since we've been saying negative things about google Mm -hmm. for the entire show uh they also are they also have lots of opportunities for evil and lots of opportunities for good uh they added they added a new feature to standard google search where if you do a search for clinical depression or depression related terms you will get search results but they will also uh, give you an offer to do you want to do a self uh, self screening questionnaire for uh, for depression and if you do you will get uh, a set of cards uh, through the Google search uh, uh, but they're the PHQ nine. Uh, uh, self-exam uh, created in partnership with the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Uh, right now, it's only in the U.S. and it's actually only on mobile, but they're uh, planning on expanding it to other things. But yeah, I've uh, I've always thought that what some of the some of the the questions on our mind are the questions that we type into a Google search box, and when Google can find an opportunity to anticipate. Let's see if if we let's make this really, really easy for this person to get the help that they need, whether it's an emergency medical service where hey, I don't I don't uh, I get from the context of this search. This person is not saying, what do I do if I've just sliced off an artery, sliced through an artery with a kitchen knife while chopping vegetables? It's like, I don't think this is an academic question. I think I need to tell you, well, here is an urgent care, urgent care clinic that's 0.8 miles away from you. Or you can tap this button and immediately get in touch with with emergency services uh and i i just think that's every time that google finds an opportunity to the, for, to help people through google search that's them doing the stuff that we hope that that our idealized version of google that we have in our minds that's what we expect them to do and that's what makes us happy precisely which is why we continue to use their products <laughs> exactly. or at least why i do <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 like we're, we're this we're in this problem. We've got the struggle for this problem with so many different uh, so many different uh, uh, parts of our lives. Where it's like um, if there if there is a, a company that makes a brand of 
brand of deodorant that I kind of like. And I find out that they're supporting a lot of hate groups. Like, you know what? I am never buying this brand of deodorant ever again. But if I find out that like the Coca-Cola company is like tr- buying up all the rights to water to make sure that like they can control people's access to clean water everywhere and there looks like they're trying to leverage that with for, for, for political influence, I'm like, I don't like it, but I like Coke more than I don't like them trying to cut off oh, the world's shoot, yeah. water supply. <laughs> I'm not saying I would let them get away with everything. I'm just saying that I have to admit my own faults as a human being that it's a sliding scale of offense depending on how much sacrifice I personally have to make to make this uh, this uh, this moral stand. So I I am an imp- I, I acknowledge that I am an imperfect vessel for the perfection of the universe. I admit that. Yeah, I have same. I have exactly the same dilemma. Every time I go to Melbourne where they don't have um, Lyft but they have Ubers, I'm like I could catch a taxi. Oh. Or I can just Uber and I have to reinstall the app and sign in. I'm like, I feel so dirty, but I'm, I'm going to Uber between here and there just because there is no alternative. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm moral, but I'm not that moral. Like, I'll still get in, a, in an Uber and go somewhere. Yeah, me too. I will, if it's, I, I've, I have the Lyft app. I use the Lyft app. I love the Lyft app. If if I can't get a Lyft within, if, if, the, if the nearest Lyft is 30 minutes away and it's either waiting an extra 28 minutes or getting a, an Uber right now, and it's late, and I've just come. I've just come from the. I've, I've just landed after like ten days of traveling, and I just want to be home in thirty three minutes. I've got a moral crisis on my hands because I also have the Uber app on my phone. I just I seem to take my mar- my morality very seriously when it comes to the music I listen to. <laughs> I don't like to support certain celebrities. I have like a very not a lot of people agree with me on some of those celebrities, but. You know. Well, we all, we all we all have a, our our own specific taste levels. It's, I mean, you, it's you can't you 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 can't you don't have to exp- you don't have to defend how you feel about things because when you say this is what this is how a certain thing or a certain person or a certain product or service makes me feel, you are always one hundred percent correct. It's possible that the reasons why you feel that way are not good reasons, but the fact that I can't I, I can't I, I can't. Uh, uh, I can't hear the name Tom Hanks without just going. Ugh, what a oh horrible human being! Something happened with. Oh, uh, you have to tell me. No, this no, off I'm, line. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> oh. bad, bad example, but I, I, it's I, I not Tom Hanks, right? He's okay. No, 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 He's no, no. Okay. He's not a, I, I intentionally oh, used. No. A, I, I intentionally used a ridiculous <laughs> example because there's. I mean, there are. Uh, it's it's happened so many times where people that whose work you really really love get charged with something yeah. absolutely horrendous. And you have to end intellectually. You can tell yourself, well, this book they wrote has nothing to do with that horrible thing that they are very close to be convicted of doing. The book is innocent, but nonetheless, I can't pick up this book knowing that this person wrote it without thinking about what a horrible human being this person is. And now I can't read and enjoy this book. And it's an emotional response. It's not rational, but it's something that I am legitimately feeling. And so I have to. I, you know, if it's ru- if it's ruining how- if it's ruining my ability to enjoy this book, then I'm simply not going to enjoy this book anymore. And that's a, uh, a, a the, the the smallest possible shame about the entire situation compared to everything else. But nonetheless, it's a shame that what used to what is still on its own a wonderful work that a hundred years from now people will not uh, will not even know about the thing that you know about this author, and it will just be detached from that that controversy blah 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 it's so it's like hard. woody allen <laughs> yeah 
Sorry, I didn't hear guys. I was thinking. I know well, that's a big thing. I was I was thinking about I was thinking about a, a, another comedian who has who whose name was sort of recently in the news about things that he has been consistently accused of, but has not responded to. But it's been a uh, yeah. It's yeah, like, we're all. I'm all. I'm there with you. Andy. Yeah, it's like, oh god, but please. Uh, we anyway. can commiserate over it someday. All yeah, the people we have to oh, avoid well. now. <laughs> so on that on that cheerful note, <laughs> I suppose we should end that there. Uh, Flo, what what you what you got to promote? What do you want to talk about? What you want to? What end do on? I have to promote? Um, I just did a review of an Android Wear watch, actually, at PCWorld.com. Uh, the oh, wow. Michael Kors Access Sophie Android Wear watch, which is like it's like a second gen, super sparkly smartwatch. Um, it's really pretty, and it's sparkly, and it's pretty. Uh, <laughs> that's what it's best at. Anyway, you can go read that there. Watch a video. Um, otherwise, I'm working on some other stuff behind the scenes. So for now, just kind of like stay privy. To what I'm up to on Twitter and Snapchat at oh that flow, uh, I will hopefully have more to say <laughs> in a few weeks. Now, now re- regarding regarding this uh, Android Wear smartwatch, is it yes. smaller than an English muffin or larger than an English muffin? It's smaller than an English muffin. It's there actually a, it's okay. a tiny it's a tiny bit thicker than the LG Watch style, but it's like super. Not, it looks like a real piece of jewelry. Anyway, okay. go read the review. <laughs> will do. Russell, what you what you got to end on? What you what self promote, self promote, buzz market. I feel like Andy. The topic of the show has been never meet your idols. So I, I know I'm not anyone anyone's idols out there. So you're welcome to go to my Twitter feed. There's nothing incriminating there. You'll find I'm just a boring regular old person. Twitter.com. What about that rusty shelf? shelf? What <gasps> is that rusty shelf? Who who made it oxidize and where is it now? Because all my shelves are exactly. shiny and non oxidized. Yeah, that's don't don't dig into that. that that's my advice. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I'm not now. After the show, I'm going to go to UrbanDictionary.com and find out what a rusty shelf actually is. What, what do the kids think a rusty shelf is? Ooh. Oh God, I've never actually gone there it's, and looked. But I'm sure it's, it's probably disgusting. drugs. Let's be real. <laughs> drugs or sex? It'll be one of those things. <laughs> uh, and you can find out what I'm doing by checking out Twitter uh, and Instagram. I'm Anatko on both. Go to Anatko.com for my blog, which I don't update all that often because I've got all kinds of other places to do stupid regular commentary that i'm not being paid for so but but sometimes it's worth checking in uh and the tech stuff that i write for pay is generally on suntimes.com the chicago suntimes website thank you everybody for listening this week hope you listen again next week until then have a wonderful seven days everybody